Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host as always, Ryan Kennedy. And today I'm joined by a good buddy of mine, John Kempt, who's the founder and head coach Kempt Fitness Professional. And this new program he's launching, the Hypnosis Academy, which is something I'm super excited to jam with him about today. This guy has been training clients and athletes for over a decade and is really well known in the fitness and health space for just bringing a holistic approach he studied a lot of Paul Check's work, who's a mentor of mine as well, and brings together movement, training, nutrition, supplementation, lifestyle design. We we really see eye to eye on a lot of this stuff. So we hit it off right away when a mutual friend of ours connected us a couple of years back. Shout out to Brandon Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. And ever since, John and I have been uh, in touch and you know really collaborating and working together to make the world a better place. So I'm excited to bring him on today. Uh, so John, welcome to the show, bro. Thanks so much for having me back, man. It's always good to jam with you and catch up. I know this is going to be a super inspiring conversation, so can't wait to get into it with you. Dude, I got stellar feedback on our last interview, which was, gosh, I think about two years ago, maybe a year ago. It was a while back. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I'm excited to bring you back and talk more. And you just got back recently from a big trip to Peru, which was part of Warrior Retreats. And I want to start by hearing about the journey, man, you were telling me a little bit of it before we started recording. And I want to hear, you know, for people listening in, just give them a quick spiel, what Warrior Retreats is, and then give us a play-by-play of the journey that you went on and and what you got out of it. Sure, sure, bro. It's, uh, it's a beautiful experience that takes place down in Peru. And it's a two-week retreat, and it's it's really emphasizing leadership and service as, you know, the core tenets of the retreat. And connection, I would say, is the other big piece there. And there's a lot of adventure involved, a lot of travel in the retreat. We actually go through four different containers. We start in Iquitos, and we powerboat down the Amazon River into the jungle, two hours into the cuts, off-grid, in the actual Amazon jungle, like out there in the sticks, off grid completely. And we spend a few days in the jungle where we get to drop in, unplug from the matrix and technology and social media and start to connect with nature and with this new group of heart led leaders that show up together with the intention to grow and to serve. And we make our own plant medicine while we're down there we go into the forest with some uh, guided medicine men and the maestros that are there in the village that we work with we make plant medicine together and sit in ceremony and then we do a christmas for the local village of tamshiaku down there with the kids and we provide toys and educational supplies and and money and resources for the people and for the children down there in that local area of the jungle. And after a few days in Iquitos, then we move to Cusco, container number two, where we spend some time touring around the city, doing different activities and workshops and classes, going to some of the sacred sites that are just absolutely stunning down there, the Sun Temple and uh, some of the other really cool tours that we do. And then from Cusco, in Cusco, one of the biggest parts of warrior retreats is the charity component and uh, this last year we raised thirty thousand dollars just over thirty thousand dollars to give back to the people of peru and to the lands incredible we spend one full day doing charity 
we go into this year, we went into Mother Teresa Hospital or to the Mother Teresa home and then into the boys orphanage and the girls orphanage. And it really depends on where we go on charity day and who we engage with based on, you know, what we can make happen down there. Like with COVID restrictions and stuff, we had to pivot one hospital. They had a COVID outbreak, so we couldn't go there. You know, so it's just fig figuring out who we can engage with, who we can serve when we're down there. And then we spend the day um, providing them with resources and and loving up on the kids at the orphanage, buying them toys and, and stuff and uh, sharing with them. And we had some clowns come and do some activities. So it's like a full day of service in Cusco. And then from Cusco, we go to Machu Picchu. We take a train down to Aguas Caliente and spend time there and do the Machu Picchu tour which is incredible anybody that has an inspiration to travel and see sacred sites or wonders of the world Machu Picchu is I couldn't recommend it more highly it's just absolutely incredible over there so that's one that I definitely recommend um and uh then after Machu Picchu we go to uh the Sacred Valley in the in between the mountains there the Andes Mountains to a retreat center called Samadhi run by a dear brother Fernando and his family and it's just a beautiful place to ground down for the last few days of the retreat we get to relax and we get to drop in and especially after all of the travel and the rawness of the jungle coming into a retreat center that has a little bit more comforts allows you to kind of really relax in and connect deeply with the group and then we have a bunch of closing uh, workshops and activities where they can um, the people can connect and learn from the facilitators, different classes. We had a breathwork journey led by Cam. Uh, we had uh, some yoga taught by Carlos, another uh, master yoga teacher out in Costa Rica, or excuse me, out in Bali. And um, yeah, some some beautiful ceremonies that we did there. And then uh, closing closing night, closing ceremony, and then everybody takes off. So that's kind of the overview of the retreat as far as the itinerary goes. Dude, that is so epic. What were some of your, the biggest takeaways you got this year? Because I know you attended last year and I'm just curious whether it was through some of the plant medicine work you did on the front, on the forefront or, you know, just the community and giving back on the back end. But what, what'd you say is the the theme or some of the major takeaways you, you left with? Man, so many good ones. Um, one that came through really strong and something that I'm really working on um, uh, cultivating more of in my life is a connection to the feminine and how that relationship shows up on the, in the internal environment via my own body and my intuition and listening to and supporting the feminine was the message that came through for me in my attempt to continue to harmonize my relationship between my masculine and my feminine energies and within the the feminine energy around me in my outer environment and listen to and support the feminine is what came through and just as a as an example of how that shows up in my own body it would be you know listening to that intuitive whisper of the body wisdom that's really trying to guide me down the path of least resistance and and highest inspiration so eating the healthy foods going to bed at the right times doing those things that are conducive to taking care of my animal body 
And then in the external environment, it would be listening to and supporting the women in my life and even the nature around me, the plants and the earth itself as um, a feminine energy, Gaia, the, the planet, the mother, mother earth, taking care of her and respecting her and having reverence for her and connecting to the lands and to the ancestors and listening to that guidance that comes through of how I can show up to make the world a better place, really contribute as a man to provide my medicine, my service, my work to the world better than I found it. So listening to and supporting the feminine, even on that trip, listening to the women as their requests and supporting them, being present with them and, you know, helping to just take care of everybody on the trip was was one of the big takeaways. And I feel like we all as facilitators did that really well. The group even, you know, made emphasis on how supported they felt, how strong the container was, how connected everybody was because they felt safe during the trip. So they could let go of that ego a little bit more and open their hearts and be more playful and funny and silly and and have that kind of like from stranger to family connection with the people in the group, the relationships really built strong because of that. So that was one of the biggest takeaways. And I think another takeaway was I know more who I am now than I ever have. Mm -hmm. That was very reaffirming, reaffirming and reassuring to come into the experience and have the feedback, which if you know who you are and how you be, feedback, not good, not bad, it just is. Take it with a grain of salt, you know, don't accept praise or criticism, you know, with with any kind of weight. It's just is what it is. It's another person's opinion. So if you know who you are and you're confident in the way that you express in the world, it's not like you need feedback but to hear it is still nice we still all got egos and the ego does the laundry and writes the book and so to have people reflect back to you the qualities that you intend to embody and express in the world feels good because it's in integrity you know okay cool i'm doing what i said and and thought i was gonna do i'm doing it so that was nice to get that feedback from everybody that you know i was holding i was very present with everybody and made everybody feel very safe and and also was very open hearted and like allowed everyone to have a good time. And so it was just really nice to hear a lot of that feedback repeated from all of the people that came through the container. And one of the other biggest pieces of feedback, which is, you know, hats off to Brandon for putting together such an incredible experience doing this seven years in a row now, bringing people down to the jungle, refining the experience, refining the retreat every single year, refining the facilitators that come down and the, the procedures that we all go through. And everybody this year said that this was a world-class retreat, that it was immaculate in the the presentation and the way it all went. Everybody thought it was just incredibly done. And so that's just hats off to Brandon and to the other facilitators as well for us, just really creating uh, a good experience that allows people to learn and to connect and, and then go back into the world inspired to serve in their own ways and in their own communities. And that to me is the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Brandon. Definitely anyone tuning in, if this resonates with you, check out warrior retreats because it re it really is something special he's put together and something I intend on participating in, in the future. 
Now, uh, one of the things I've noticed with your transformation, John, just from afar is just how you've moved beyond the uh, fitness, nutrition, kind of health, uh, physical health side of things, and really included a lot of the spiritual connection and going a lot deeper in terms of finding your sense of purpose with the coaching that you do with your clients and with the, with your new academy. And so I want to dive a little bit into that because I think that's something where a lot of people struggle. I know I did for years and years, just kind of figuring out uh, what's referred to as like your ikigai, this Japanese concept of something that gives you a sense of purpose, a reason for living. Uh, and I want to kind of hear what you do in terms of helping your students, your clients really find that purpose for someone who is working a job that maybe, you know, is good compensation and it's not a bad job, but they don't really have that passion for it. They don't really feel that sense of fulfillment from that work. They're just more doing it to pay the bills, which, you know, we all got to put food on the table. No, not to put anyone down. It's, I respect anyone who is doing what they can to make a living because that's part of the world we live in. But for people who are in that position who want to find something that really fills up their cup, that provides more value to others, that leaves them feeling far more fulfilled and, and is more in line with what they feel like is their mission on this planet. What are some initial steps you, you suggest for people you work with to kind of cultivate that understanding of themselves? First of all, I love Ikigai so much. This is something that really, I'm really passionate about and it ties into some of the same terminology I use in my men's group, just a little bit more of a Greek lens versus an Eastern lens. But I will say that I've been a devoted yoga student and teacher since 2013 and an avid reader of Eastern texts and Eastern practices like Taoism and Qigong and some of the, the other methods and tools and knowledge that exist in that realm. And so I love all of this stuff. It really, really resonates with me and I love to teach it. And what I love is bringing the, the, the philosophy and the knowledge from the East and some of the practices and implementing them into the Western culture and perspective in the year 2023 as a modern man going to work in the concrete jungle. Like, how can I, how can I be, and this was actually a, a term that uh, was used to, to label me. And there's a podcast somewhere out there called the modern day monk with a good friend of mine, functional medicine, doctor, Andre Suleta. So funny we're here now, but it's called the modern day monk, because how can we bring that lifestyle in to the modern day man's life in a realistic and practically applicable way where you don't have to go meditate on a mountaintop for two months and get enlightened to come back to society. You can do the little micro dosing of, of little practices every single day. And Ikigai, like you said, is a translation for reason for being, or even another translation is life's work. Mm -hmm. And in the Greek language there's a term called magnum opus and it means divine work or great work so it's the same concept in yoga and in the the hindu uh religion and and in that language they would use the term dharma which again just means your life's work you're living in alignment with your soul's true purpose and so all of these different cultures and perspectives have this uh, you know, terminology surrounding this subject of like living in alignment at the end of the day of what your true mission is here on earth. 
And the way that Ikigai breaks us apart, which I really love, is into four different quadrants to be living your life's work and in alignment with your your true calling. You have to be doing a, a service that encompasses these four aspects. The first one, your passions. So I in this, I start here, do what you love and love what you do. Because when people ask me, what's the best meditation practice? What's the best workout routine? The one you like. Yeah. Because that's the one you're going to do. And the one you do, they all work to a degree. The ones that work the best are the ones that you do the most because you'll get most skilled in that area, develop the most mastery. And mastery itself will unlock profound insights that only come when you can deepen the practice, detach from the body and and witness a greater unfolding. And that only happens when you're really just immersing yourself in what you love. And that's where flow state can come about. And all of this juice that that is inside what you love to do inside your passion. So if you're passionate about woodworking, and you're currently an accountant, and you're like, okay, I don't like accounting, but I make money and it pays the bills, but it's sucking my soul dry. And I have no inspiration. But how am I? I'm not a carpenter. Then here comes limiting mind and belief. So I, I can't do that. I'm a level one. Yeah, of course. You don't go into the gym and squat 500 pounds on day one. You start body weight and then you build skill. And then over consistent repetition, you add a dumbbell. And eventually in the long game, 10 years later, a thousand hours later, you reach a point of, of competence where you can start to perform higher levels of that skill. And that's the second stage. The second um, pillar, if you will, in Ikigai is skill. And so you'll naturally get skilled at anything you do over and over with intent. If you try to get good at something and keep doing it, you'll eventually find a level of competence in that thing and so we come in with natural skills i do believe like we all have just like a video game when you create your character like a warrior is going to have higher strength and be better in combat versus uh, a wizard's not going to be able to do hand-to-hand -hand combat and they're going to sit back and they have more magic and so we kind of have these different stats that we come in with like if you look at, you know, Usain Bolt, he's not going to be a power lifter. Like that's just not how he's genetically built. You've got people that are more built for long distance and, and endurance activities. And then you've got people that are built more for sprinting and, and power. You know, you look at a lion versus a gazelle, like they're just two genetically different beings. So knowing what your predispositions are, what your attributes are is helpful but no matter what they are, you can still get good at pretty much anything. You might not be, you know, a lion will never be as good at long distance running as a gazelle. And a gazelle will never be able to sprint as fast as, as a cheetah or be as powerful as a lion. But they can work on those attributes. Long story short, you've got some skills, but to develop any skill, it really just takes consistent intentional repetition. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're likely going to accumulate more repetitions because you actually love doing it. So you'll keep doing it. Love what you do and do what you love and develop mastery. Once you have a level of competence in that skill, then your third goal is to find out how you can provide value to the world using that skill, living your passion. And so for a woodworker, you could sell furniture. People sit on furniture, they find value from the furniture, 
And then the fourth aspect of Ikigai is then reciprocation of you actually receiving value in return for the service that you're providing. So that is the working model of how to get paid, doing what you love to do, that you're good at doing and provides value to the world. And so that is in the four pillars that I teach for the men's program, embodied leadership encompasses coaching, which is really mentorship, finding people who have had success prior and what you're looking to have success in, model those people, get advice from them, hire them if you can to, to support you in your journey. And then community is the second piece of, of that where find other people and peers that are on your level that have similar interests and similar inspirations and values to you that are working towards a common goal. So that way you guys can share what worked, what, what didn't work, and then grow not only a friendship in that strong community bond, but also in you'll feel inspired from other people taking action in ways that are similar to what you need or want to do to get to that end goal that you guys are both striving for. And then the third piece of leadership is contribution. So find people that you can learn from, find a community that you can grow with, and then find a service or a career that you can impact the world in a positive way with your contribution. So coaching community and contribution, those to me are the three major tenets of leadership and embodied leadership really is you're living it, you're practically applying it. And I use the quote, which I love, thank you, Peter Twist, years ago, literally changed. This was like one of those quotes that just, just struck a bell in me. A true leader is a leader of one. A leader of one is a leader of many. If you cannot lead one, you cannot lead any. And so it starts with you. Yeah. No, you it's the truth, man. And I love what you shared because proximity is power. And those have been the two most powerful things I've done on my journey was one, find mentors who are doing what you're doing, what you want to do successfully and crushing it and figure out how to spend time around them. And I think most people go wrong because they look at these fucking big shots like Tony Robbins. And it's like, you're not going to be able to go learn and shadow Tony Robbins, but you can find someone that has studied all of Tony Robbins' stuff, all of his books, all of his programs, all of his seminars. And you could find someone in that scenario that you could learn from and you could coach with and you could hire at, you know, less than a million dollars a year, whatever it is, you know, the, the big shot hire uh, charges. And I think that's the big takeaway that I've come across whenever I'm looking uh, seeking out some specific knowledge in an area. Uh, one example of this is this past summer, I wanted to learn creative finance. And I went and found, you know, this guy, Pace Morby. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to pay tens of thousands of dollars to coach with this guy, Pace Morby, to learn, you know, how to do subject two and seller financing on some real estate deals. But I found one of his students who'd studied all of his shit. And I reached out to this dude. I'm just like, listen, man, what would you charge me for some consulting and a couple of coaching calls? Very reasonable extremely valuable. This guy gave me one-on-one -on -one support, got me into an incredible, you know, grand slam of a deal uh, that I had, you know, kind of teed up. And it, you could do this with any industry, anyone that you admire, you don't go for the t top tier, you know, main guy that's super famous and, you know, doesn't have the accessibility. And then you don't just give up because you, you know, sent a DM to, you know, someone that's clearly not going to, be in a position to give you like one-on-one -on -one advice 
when you find people who are at a lower level, but still in a position to deliver the same value, the same information. And then the community is huge too, man. I love being a part of masterminds. I love having a good, you know, crew of like-minded individuals that you're surrounding yourself with. Those two are just, I think the most powerful steps to getting, to getting there. If you wanted to, you know, really pursue something new or something you're already doing, but you want to level up. That's absolutely key. Yeah, man. I mean, the, and the, the internet, man, the internet, like I've never met Tony Robbins or studied with him or Jim Rohn, who was Tony Robbins's mentor, but he's been one of my most influential teachers because all of his content is on YouTube. Like Jim, he's a legend, man. Like I'm telling all the guys right now, if you're lacking clarity and purpose and direction and fire in your life, just go YouTube Jim Rohn and listen to that for a day. Guarantee it will change your state, change your perspective and get you inspired to start taking action. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, so I love that. I love those tips. Love that you shared that. But the, the taking action is the big thing because yeah. I know I've fallen into the trap many times where I'll be listening to all these podcasts and audiobooks and watching great YouTube videos. And it just becomes like a form of mental masturbation where you're just absorbing all this information which is great but you got to act on it you got to put in the work you can't just be you know listening to a few hours of content and then not actually applying it and integrating it into a few hours of work that day and so that's the other big takeaway i found a lot of people fall into that trap of just learning and gathering information but then they're not actually doing the work they're not actually taking action on what they're what they're learning Mm -hmm. Yeah. And practical application, like to me, and that is a big part of embodiment is like, I say this all the time. If you, anybody follows me on social, chop wood, carry water, do the fucking work at the end of the day. Like that's, and this is a big part of reality creation and visualization and manifestation. I definitely, let's get into this, that people miss and uh, referencing a great resource, there's a book called Reality Transurfing by Vadim Zeeland. Phenomenal book. It's very process oriented, left brain logical information related to reality cre- uh, creation, how to influence the life that you're living and creating through the power of the mind, thoughts and, and actions. And what people, I think, mistake in the reality creation process is they spend as Vadim Zeeland breaks it up, he, he says there's two types of intentions. There's outer intention and inner intention. Outer intention is the concentration on the desired outcome, the end result, realization of the wish fulfilled, the goal achieved. Inner intention is the concentration on the process that you need to go through or will go through to get to your desired outcome. So the outer intention is focusing on the destination the inner intention is focusing on the journey the outcome versus the process where you're going to be versus what you're going to do to get to where you want to be what you're doing versus why you're doing it and or what you're doing it for that end result versus the process to get you to the end result and a lot of people over fixate on the end result and attach too much importance to it which then creates a subconscious belief that you can't achieve it because the mind can't connect the dots from step one to step 10. And so if you're focusing on step 10 all the time, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. But your brain's like no fucking way. 
look how far away that is. There's no way. But if you're like, I'm going to lose one pound this week, that's yeah. step two. And then from step two, you can link to step three, four, five, all the way up. And that yeah. is the important part in creating the the path of least resistance that allows the mind to feel more comfortable and sure that it actually can achieve that goal and then it's just also accepting from the very beginning that you may fail and if you do and you died today guess what the world keeps spinning we all think that we need to fix and solve these problems in the world Rumi, i was young once and wanted to change the world then i grew wise and decided to change my thoughts I, my thoughts of what i was thinking on i was thinking on the end destination instead of thinking on the end destination what am I doing? I decided to change myself. What am I doing right now today that is working me towards that goal that I want to achieve is changing where you're putting your concentration, your attention. And that is so, so important in the process of achieving your goals. And so to kind of pull back out just a little bit and then come back into that concept, I think the, and this is exactly what I teach in one of the four pillars, there's embodied leadership and conscious co-creation is the other one and conscious co-creation is three parts assess design and align you're going to assess where you are and where you want to go point a point b this is what i'm doing these are the values that i have this is who i am what i stand for this is what it's not this is out of integrity this is what i don't like these are the current obstacles and challenges i'm facing these are the things i need to let go of these are the things i want more of in my life Clarity is key. I think it's Seneca. He says, uh, no port is favorable or no, no wind is favorable to a ship without a destination. Like if you don't know where you're going, that's in. And I think Brian Tracy says this, the most futile work you can do is work without an intended outcome. You're just mm. laying bricks to lay bricks, but you don't have any, you know, correlation to why you're doing that thing. Then it's pointless, you yeah. know? not serving an ultimate cause a greater cause if it's not tying into something bigger then it's it's futile in that moment and so getting clear about who you are and where you want to go is so important tony robbins says if you want to manifest more money don't say i want more money here's a dollar that's well you said more money that's more money like yeah. what i wanted well you weren't clear enough so get clear about what you want if you've got a contractor building you a house you don't say i want a red house you got to tell them how many bathrooms, how many bedrooms, how many stories, what color, you know, there's so many details in the design of your house. You have to create a blueprint. And that's step number two, the Hinosis blueprint takes you through that process. And that process of designing a life that you want to live, influencing your reality, if the wish, if all limitations were removed and all your wishes could come true, I break it down into four steps. Number one is the 10 year vision. Everything that you want, who you want to be, where you want to live, what you want to do, who you want to engage with, where you're traveling, everything, write down all the things that you want and don't feel embarrassed or limited by this list. Just write it down and get it out of you. Put down that 10 year vision in 10 years. Where would you want to be? And then the second step of that is creating a plan. Okay. If you want to live in Spain and have a Ferrari and, you know, uh, you know, play badminton every morning you need to learn how to drive a ferrari you need to learn how to play badminton you need to learn spanish you need to buy a house in spain you need to get a passport there's these actionable items that need to occur for you to then end up in that end goal the things the process that will get you to the outcome once you have a plan of just a bucket list of things that need to happen at some point in time from now till then to get you there 
then you can start to, to objectify and linearize and bring structure to that master plan with 12 month goals. That's the third step is okay. In the next 12 months out of this 10 years, what are the one or two or three things that you want to prioritize on this list that's going to get you where you want to go. Start listening to a Spanish audiobook and have read two Spanish audiobooks by the end of this year. Something like that that's easy to measure and track and and gets you in the direction of where you want to go. Yeah. And then the fourth step is the 30-day perfect day. The you know, you you're kind of spanning it out to a 30 to 90 day cycle, but in that day what actionable and measurable tasks and habits and rituals will you carry out that get you where you want to go? And like Jim Rohn says, to be successful in anything that in any endeavor, there's really only a handful of things, five, six, eight things that you need to do every day and do well to achieve success in the long haul. That 1% over 100 days is a 100% increase in ability. So it's just finding out those few things to do today. And now you've got your 10 year vision, which is like step seven, eight, nine, 10. And then you've got your 12 months goals, steps three, four, five, and six. And then you've got the next 30 days, steps one and two. So you've got the outcome in mind and pictured, and then you've got the progress you're making towards the outcome. And then the process you're currently going through to make progress towards the outcome. So you're balancing your intention, the outer intention and the inner intention. So you're not over fixating on one part of the process in your reality creation and then from there you just have your plan your program and you implement some rituals every day that are going to get you there and that's where i help to design people with those daily habits meditation every day breath work movement practice eating healthy food every day what are the things that are going to optimize your health and performance and check the boxes in the journey for you getting to where you want to go and then every 30 every seven days every 30 days every 90 days every 12 months reflect go back record and then observe the data and make reflections on that and then make any adjustments and repeat the process so it's assess design and then align to that goal and through ritual so you're creating, you're, you're seeing where you're at, you're creating a program to continue to make progress of where you want to go. And then you're implementing measurable, actionable habits and rituals into your daily life that you can track to then reflect on to see, okay, I went six steps west, check back assessment 90 day, okay, I'm, I'm going in the right direction, but I need to take two steps to the east. Okay, you make those adjustments in your routine. I need to eat a little more healthy food. My body composition isn't changing. Or I need to meditate more. I'm feeling a little more cluttered in my mind. You can make those adjustments as you go. But ultimately, that's the process that everybody can go through. And having a plan, a blueprint, where am I? Where do I want to go? How can I break that down? And what can I do today to take measurable action on and record my results towards that end goal? Dude, that was epic. That was a fantastic overview, step-by-step, step, starting from square one and getting the really granular daily actions that are going to actually help you in the big scheme. Because that's where people go wrong, bro, is they have these big overarching goals. They're super vague. They don't break down the micro. They just like put out like, I want to make a million bucks this year. I want to you know, start this business. And then that's it. They don't actually expand upon that and create the habits and routines and uh, week, daily, weekly, and monthly objectives in order to work towards that overarching macro goal, which is great to have, 
it's not like you, like you mentioned, you want to know where you're going. You want to know the big vision, but that's just one step. You got to have all these other things in place in order to actually work towards it. So that was super helpful. And I really like the way you broke all that down, uh, you know, step by step. And I, I think the physical practices really do pave the way to a lot of the deeper work like this, because if you're not feeling well, if you have fatigue and brain fog and, you know, pain on a regular basis from, you know, high levels of inflammation and you're not sleeping well, and you just don't have the vitality to feel good as a human, most of the stuff is not going to be like top of mind. It's not, you're not going to have the mental bandwidth to even focus on deeper purpose and creating a meaningful life and putting intention into where you're going because you're just trying to survive. You're just like, I just want to get through the day and, you know, get to tomorrow and not feel so damn shitty. So I think that's where a lot of this stuff, you know, ties really closely in. Cause if you're not healthy and vital, all of this becomes such an uphill battle, man, because energy, energy is really the currency of life. And if you're, if you don't have the energy, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging, but dude, this has been epic. We got to tie things up. Uh, I know we could jam all day, John, but where, where can people go to learn more about you? Where can people go to learn more about uh, this program that's launching actually in the next uh, within the next week or so uh, at the time I'm going to get this published. Uh, it's right around the corner. So for anyone listening in that's interested, where, where should they go? Yeah, man, we're doing enrollment right now. Anybody that's interested, you can hit me up on social platforms or any of the resources below. But uh, Instagram, Thor, like the God of Thunder, T-H-O-R underscore Kempf, that's my handle. And the link to learn more about the program and to register is kenosisfoundations.com. You can just search that, get all the information. And just one closing thought on this, this process too, of in the emphasizing of the rituals, the power of attention, the power of the mind is so important. The more you can bring your dreams into your conscious awareness, top of mind, prefrontal cortex, the more you can create a specific actionable plan and allow the, the technology of the human organism to get you there. And so visualizing the path and journaling the process I think are like the two most underutilized pieces. If anybody desires, anybody that watches this podcast, find me, message me. I'll send you a link to my three slides, guided visualization meditation, which builds on the Hinosis blueprint. It's an actual three slide process, guided meditation that takes you through 10 year vision, 12 month goals, perfect day. And then there's a journaling prompt after that just recap and review what happened today. What do you want to have happen tomorrow? Bring it to top of mind every day. Conscious awareness is so important. So anybody that wants that that resource, I'm happy to share that free guided meditation. Just find me there. And then henosisfoundations.com to learn more about this coaching program and all that it offers. Happy to do a free interview, a coaching call, a strategy call with you just to see where you're at and give you more information about it. And uh, then follow me on uh, Thor underscore Kempf on Instagram just to get more tips. I post a lot about all of this material and how to implement it into your life. Because like you said there at the end, embodiment really, in my mind, the path to the soul is through the body. It's through yep. these practices. Epic. We'll put all the links in the notes for people listening in. And dude, always good connecting with you, John. I'm uh, super stoked to see what you're doing. And encourage people to book that call and see if it's a good fit for them. Thank you so much for the time, bro. The inspiring conversation as always. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. 
You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.